Hello, and welcome to the Lancet Oncology Podcast. My name is Nikolai Humphreys. I'm joined on the line by Dr. Marmot, one of the lead authors of an article published today, Tuesday, November 13th, 2012. In the article, Dr. Marmot and his team assess the tolerability, safety, pharmacokinetics, and efficacy of anti-EGFR immunoliposomes loaded with doxyrubicin in patients with solid tumours. Okay, let's start things off, Dr. Marmot, if I may. Can I get you to give us a little background on the study and perhaps tell our listeners how drugs containing liposomes have been used clinically up until this point? Liposomal drugs have been emerged about um, 15 years ago, such as uh, liposomal downorubicin, for example, Carposhi sarcoma, and then also doxorubicin for various um, other diseases. The encapsulation of a known drug results in a totally different compound regarding the pharmacokinetic and also the biodistribution. Side effect, but also the efficacy, differs totally from the original drug. However, the main problem is that these compounds still lack specificity. Um, liposomes with a size of 40 to 120 nanometers extravasate through endothelial gaps of vessels in tumors which we call enhanced permeability and retention effect, but also to some extent to normal tissue. Our attention in the past was focused to make such drug carriers more specific. And we have done this by attaching monoclonal antibodies or their fragments to the surface of liposomes, converting them from liposomes to immune liposomes. In the past, for example, HER2 has been used as a target, and we then have focused our attention on the epidermal growth factor receptor EGFR. We tested our compound extensively in vitro and in vivo and based on our promising results regarding toxicity and efficacy, we started this phase one clinical trial. Thank you, Dr. Marmot. Could you briefly outline the aim of this current study? In the past, various groups have worked with a variety of immunoliposomes in vitro and in vivo but this is, to my knowledge, the first in human usage of this class of drug. There are various models how to calculate adequate doses for the usage in humans. However, there remain uncertainties. Therefore, we have used a classic phase one dose-finding design, which is used for studies in oncology. Three patients have been treated with a relatively low dose, with a safe dose, and if there is no defined dose-limiting toxicity, the next three patients have been treated with a higher defined dose and so on. At the end, the maximum tolerated dose was 10 times higher compared to the dose on dose level 1. This dose, which was 50 milligrams of doxorubicin per meter square body surface area in this study, will now be used for further drug development, for, for example, for phase 2 clinical trials. So it is my understanding that adverse events were of a particular concern, both due to the potential of the nanoparticles to target normal EGFR-expressing tissues and also doxyrubicin's cardiac toxicity. What did you observe in your trial? Yes, yes, that's true. The primary aim of this study was to find the maximum tolerated dose of our compound and therefore toxicity was our main concern. From our knowledge and our preclinical studies, we had indeed two main or two major concerns. First, does our compound affect normal cells expressing EGFR, such as 
in the skin, the heart, or the liver. We hypothesized that this would not be the case because expression of EGFR in tumor cells is one to two orders of magnitude higher than in normal cells. However, of course, we looked into this seriously, and patients have been followed closely with blood samples as well with echocardiography um, at given time points. Finally, we can report that liver and cardiac toxicity was not found up to um, our highest dose levels. The second concern in our trial was skin toxicity. Liposomal doxorubicin, which is lacking the antibody fragment, is known for the so-called hand-foot syndrome, and the attached monoclonal antibody is targeting the epidermal growth factor receptor, which is per definition found in the skin. But again, we are happy to report that no serious skin toxicities occurred, even less than we would expect with the liposomal compound without the antibody fragments. The dose-limiting toxicity, however, for anti-EGFR immune liposomes in this trial was mainly neutropenia. I was pleased to read that your study also demonstrated some promising early results in terms of efficacy of the nanoparticles. Could you explain to our listeners what exactly these were? Our trial was not designed for efficacy because it was a classic dose-finding trial in which some patients only received one-tenth of the finally recommended dose. However, we have looked into this as a secondary endpoint, and yes, we have observed some promising results. Per definition, all patients had progressive disease when entering the trial, and all patients already had all standard therapies before. In this heavily pre-treated patients, we have observed one complete remission, one partial remission, and uh, and 10 stable diseases um, lasting up to 12 months. Though it is uncommon for in phase one clinical trials, we summarize the results in a waterfall plot demonstrating, in our view, promising efficacy results. However, these results have to be confirmed in further studies and eventually in comparative trials versus liposomal drug lacking the antibody fragment. Dr. Marmot, my final question. Could you please tell me what you think the next stage of research for these nanoparticles will be? At the moment, we are going into two directions. First, of course, we are looking forward starting a phase two trial, providing more profound efficacy data in a predefined patient collective. In our first phase one clinical trial, we included all patients having an EGFR-positive tumor, but at this stage we cannot say if this is a good predictive marker for such a therapy. Therefore, we are in discussions for the optimal disease entity and also the setting of such a program um, and biomarkers, of course, is one of the most important topics. Secondly, in our lab, we continue to to design immune liposomes with different targets, not only EGFR, In this context, we have recently published some preclinical results in the Journal of Clinical Cancer Research on immune liposomes targeting the vascular endothelial growth factor receptor 2, which is another interesting strategy for targeted drug delivery. As you know, there are other comparable strategies around, just mentioning TDM1 for breast cancer or brentuximab vedotin for 
Hodgkin lymphoma. However, we think that immunoliposomes have some clear advantages, and we are looking forward to continue working in this interesting field. Dr. Marmot, many thanks for taking the time to speak with the Lancet Oncology. Yeah, thank you very much.